Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hello everyone, this is Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Welcome back to another episode of the Dollars and Cents show, uh, focusing on information for homeschool leaders. Today I'm going to share with you a little uh, clip from the uh, talk I gave at a homeschool convention, the Great Homeschool Convention in April of 2018 in Cincinnati, Ohio. The workshop was called Homeschool Co-ops, How to Start Them, Run Them, and Not Burn Out. So this portion will be on the first part, How to Start a Homeschool Co-op. And I'll talk about whether your homeschool co-op is a for-profit or not-for-profit, some tips on what you need to start your homeschool co-op well, uh, having a board and a mission and an understanding of who you are and, and what you're all about. So I hope you find this a little bit helpful, whether you've been running your homeschool co-op for a little while, or you're brand new, or you're just thinking about one. Make sure you uh, hop over to homeschoolcpa.com where you can find some helpful articles to help you start and run your homeschool co-op successfully. And I hope you find the other podcast episodes. You can always find them over at homeschoolcpa.com slash podcast that follow up on the rest of this conference this workshop giving at the Great Homeschool Convention in uh, Cincinnati. So I homeschooled my own kids and I was involved in a homeschool co-op. Since I'm a CPA, I always get asked to be the, co- the treasurer, right? So I was in leadership of a co-op, but I found out that there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I knew because I sat on nonprofit boards and I hear I was I was you know advising businesses and how to manage their money and run and and all this kind of stuff that I knew but it seemed like our you know dear leaders out there really didn't so I started writing articles and those articles became blog posts and that became homeschool CPA and the blog posts became books and the books became podcasts you know and it goes from there so I use many venues to try to help you guys run the best groups possible without burning out. So we want to keep you um, sane, happy, and out of trouble with the IRS, and out of trouble with the parents that, you know, of the, of the members of your group. Sound good? Sound like a good goal? Okay. So it used to be when I first started helping homeschool groups, and homeschoolcoops.com I think was launched, what is this, 2018? Somewhere around 20. So seven to ten, I think about ten years ago, maybe eleven years ago now. So really, not that long if you think in the scheme of things. But homeschooling has exploded, right, in the last ten years. So it used to be I would always assume, welcome everybody. You know, like I said in church, there's there's seats right up front. But I used to just assume that homeschool groups were, of course, always nonprofit organizations. But now the first conversation I have with someone who says I'm starting a homeschool group is, well, are you running it as a for-profit business or as a not-for-profit organization? This is, this is kind of new. Like, for example, anybody involved with classical conversations or heard of them? Yeah, most, almost most, probably 90% of classical conversation communities are for-profit businesses owned by the director. And so, so the mentality is a little different, although, although the parents involved may not care a bit. But the mentality of the owner and maybe how you run it's a little bit different. So kind of the difference between the two is, is not just the word profit or nonprofit. And really, that's not a good 
what that's not a good thing that's not the best way to describe nonprofits nonprofits doesn't mean you can't make a profit it just means no one gets to pocket the profit in their in their personal life the profit stays in the group so anyway a for-profit business uh, basically the owner has control of that business as opposed to a nonprofit a board a team of people run it that's kind of really the root difference. Who controls this group? The, the owner, one, or the board? And then owners, of course, have a profit motive, although I've, I've talked to lots of <laughs> for-profit homeschool businesses, and there's not a lot of profit, okay? Basically, they, they're lucky if they break even. But ultimately, if they do have a profit, they pay taxes. That's a big difference. Not-for-profits have more of a volunteer spirit, to them, um, and they can be uh, tax exempt if they apply for it or granted it by the IRS. Okay, so let's see a show of hands. Your groups, how many of you are running for profit groups owned by a person or a small group of people? Anybody in here? Classical conversations, you, yeah, no, but you just heard of them. Okay, yours is just a few. This is fairly typical. So the rest of you are involved in nonprofit organizations with boards and, and stuff like that. No real profit motive and hopefully volunteers all in this together, hence the word co-op. And by the way, when I use the word co-op, boy, who knows what that means anymore, right? I mean, I was talking to this, this woman what state was she in? Minnesota. And she's telling me about her homeschool program. I prefer calling it a homeschool program because um, they hire the teachers to teach. They have like seven of them and they hire them to teach. And the parents have to either help in the classroom or help in some other capacity. So in that sense, she said we're a co-op because the parents have to stay and help. Okay, so that was her definition of co-op. If I were going to be a real purist about it, a pure Co-op, I'm putting that in air quotes because I don't, you know, the word pure. Pure co-op would be everybody volunteers. Does anybody run a group like that? No one is paid. So they're still out there. Yeah. How many have run an organization where somebody is paid, though? Teachers or something. Yeah, that, that's happening. Yeah, occasionally. Not the norm for you guys. Yeah, but we're finding more and more people are, especially, I bet most of your paid teachers are probably at the high school level arts or things that are hard to find really you really want qualified people okay so anyway i just wanted to introduce that idea that some of these groups out there are for profits interesting keeps me on my toes we're going to launch into things about starting a co-op now some of you may say well i'll just tune out here for 10 minutes because i already started my co-op and you know i'll come in when carol puts up the other slide but stick with me folks because there may be some things even if you're running a co-op you'll go Oh, I don't think we ever did that when we started. So maybe I need to, maybe that's one reason I'm burning out, because maybe I didn't set things up very well. Okay. So, okay, now this is before you start. You're like, well, too late, but okay. You know, you can always pray, read, and, um, you know, pray a lot. Pray for discernment, pray for wisdom, pray for the right people to come into your life, pray for your own sanity, decisions as you make them, and things like that. And read, 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 read a lot. Come on, there's lots of chairs. Everybody here is friendly, right? Um, read a lot. You know, you can start with my website and read about nonprofits, and I got gobs of stuff you can read. And then really the, the most the, the first thing you should do, and I, I know a lot of people are ready to launch into, let's launch into the fun stuff, which is running the program. Nope, first pick some people to help you. 
pick some leaders. And, and these are the titles that typically go with nonprofit organizations, a president. That is the person who sets the agenda and who calls the meetings and delegates out everything else. That's the president's role. They're supposed to keep the, keep the train on the tracks, if you will, but not do everything. That is not the role of the president. The secretary is the keeper of the paper. She should be, you know, keeping minutes, keeping important documents. She's the keeper of the paper. The treasurer is the keeper of the money. Should they, can they be in, uh, all in one person? Can you be the president and the treasurer? President and the secretary? The answer is no. It's, it's really not a good idea. You should really have these three jobs. So I was, I was talking to, again, I do a lot of phone consultations, so you hear me say this a lot. I was talking to somebody, meaning we were on the phone together, and she said, well, we don't really have these titles. Okay, now, she's talking to someone who's a CPA, right? And I'm getting a little nervous because I'm like, who runs the money? Who runs the money? <laughs> because that person should be designated. There should be someone who runs the money and other people keep their eyes on it, okay? So it's kind of important that you, you, you kind of have some distinct responsibilities there. Otherwise, things might not get done. So once you've got that group of people, you decide what I call the four W's and two C's. What? What are we? Uh, where are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? And, and who are we targeting or who are we helping? So these, these are really important things to decide, mostly because you cannot be everything to everybody. So if you're saying, what are we? Well, well we're the group that meets every, every homeschooler's mom's dreams. No, of course not. And who do we serve? Well, everybody in our town. Of course not. You know, that's, that's the road to burnout right quick. So if you haven't already decided what these things are, who, who are we going to serve? When do we meet? Where do we meet? And, and what are we? Um, decide it pretty darn soon. And, of course, these things can change. You know, what you offer might change, but start somewhere. And try to be pretty specific. Don't try to say, you know, we're going to do everything that every homeschool mom asks. Because here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. The members of your group of homeschool moms, they will suck the life out of you. You're getting some head nods? If you start offering things, they're, they're going to... They're going to take you up on them, and they're going to want more. Well, where's the field trips? Well, where's the art class? Well, where's biology dissection? And you have to say, you know what? I'm offering a group. I'm not homeschooling your kid for you. Say that to yourself. I am not, you are not responsible for homeschooling other people's children. Remember that. That's really, really, really important. Who's responsible for homeschooling that child? Mom, my dad, the parent, not your program. I am seeing more and more programs that saying, we're meeting four days a week. Look at your shocked face. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of them. We're meeting four days a week. When are you ever home? Mostly I'm worried about them usurping the responsibility and ultimately the joy that comes from letting that parent homeschool and form the relationship with their child. I loved homeschooling. I considered it a joy to be with my children all day long. My poor husband had to go work with people he didn't really like. I got to spend my day with people I loved and who loved me. It wasn't always easy, was it? Of course not. But I don't want homeschool leaders to steal that joy and ultimately that responsibility away from parents. So after deciding all that stuff, who you are, cost and curriculum, 
there seemed I was having great conversation. I'm full of stories with this with this woman who was saying, you know, there seems to be this pervasive view that homeschoolers don't have money, so everybody thinks I have to have a low cost program. And guess what we're finding out? Parents will pay. Go down to the exhibit hall. Parents will pay for good quality programming. So you don't have to run a you know bare bones type of program. Okay. Okay. So ultimately. Very be- in the very beginning of your organization, you should have a purpose statement. Fill in the blank. We are blank, and we do this, 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 and this, or maybe just this. You know, we are a homeschool program for high schoolers, and we do science, or we are an enrichment co-op, and we do fun stuff. See what I'm saying? We are an academic homeschool program. We do serious academics here. Who has one of these purpose kind of statements? Something like that. Some idea of what you are in order to be able to focus and be successful at it. How many, how many of your groups, like, I have no idea what our purpose statement is. Are you there? You just have to remember what it is? Yeah, so our, our church has a purpose statement, right? And our pastor will stand up in front and say, let's everybody recite the purpose of this church. And you're like, um, I think it says Jesus in it somewhere, but I really don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, it'd be a good idea to remind your board, remind yourself, and remind your members. This is who we are. This is what we do. Helps you focus. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.